Climbing to the cockpit with pilot and Link Square's Chief Legal Officer, Tim Perilla, as he invites legal leaders aboard to share advice that will help you navigate even the most turbulent times of in-house counsel work. We'll cover a range of topics from data privacy to legal team structure to public company transactions and beyond. You don't want to miss this series. Fasten your seatbelt and prepare for takeoff. You're listening to Cockpit Council. So welcome back to another episode of Cockpit Council. My name is Tim, Chief Legal Officer at LinkSquares, and today we have one of our technical solutions attorneys, Sam Nickerson. Sam, welcome. Thanks so much. So excited to be here. Awesome to have you. Thanks for taking time. I know you've been super busy, and especially as we get to this part of the quarter. Um, so really, really appreciate you taking the time. So uh, before, before we get into it, I ask everybody, what is your pre-flight ritual? Yes. Uh, great question. My pre-flight ritual is running late. I <laughs> have this terrible habit of like packing right before I call the Uber to get to the airport. So I'm always very stressed, but I have yet to miss a flight. So do you have pre-check? No, oh my I gosh. need to get pre-check. Uh, I got in a bad habit of flying during COVID when there was no lines. Yeah. And yeah. now um, that's come back to really bite me. Yeah. Uh, well, as long as you're not missing flights, you're okay. Yes, so. I have good luck there. So, so uh, tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, so um, I am an attorney, technical solutions attorney at Link Squares. I think, um, you know, when you're in law school, you don't exactly know like where you're going to land in your career. So right. uh, even the decision to go to law school, I felt like I was always um, just kind of on this line of like, is this going to be a good fit for me? Like when... I was in, I'm probably not the only attorney to have this experience, but like yeah. when I was in middle school and high school, like it was my parents that were like, oh, you should go to law school. You're so okay. good at arguing. <laughs> and uh, like, you know, in a more serious vein, like I always loved school. I loved reading and writing and, and speaking and being involved. So yeah. I felt like law school would be a good fit. Yeah. But when it came to like after law school, wasn't exactly sure if I'd want to be at a firm, want to be in house, just even yeah. the like career options available. So kind of proceeded with caution, like throughout all of like the stages in education, like high school, college, right. ended up taking the LSAT and uh, deciding that I was going to try law school and um, <laughs> see how it goes. See how it went. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm really glad I did. I like enjoyed that challenge in, in education and like, even just the, the training within law school, I found yeah. like really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's a Did, little bit of <laughs> my background, just kind of figuring out what's the best fit for me and then trying to make those decisions. Did you did you have one of those professors in school who would like make you stand up in front of the class and yes. basically humiliate you? <laughs> yeah, yes. I feel like, I don't know if they still do that in law schools these days. When, uh, what year did you, did you graduate? I graduated in 2020, which was really okay. interesting yeah. um, because COVID hit that year right. and we went entirely remote for my last like few months of school yeah. and I took the bar exam online. Um, That's huge wild. shift. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very yeah. odd. Did you take the mass bar? I did. Okay. Yes. Nice. Did yeah. you take any others or not? No, I I think I will, but the reciprocity rules got a little shifted yeah. with the like COVID bar because it was online and, and slightly different. Um, right. But I, I think I will eventually take another bar. Nice. 
So, um, so after, after law school, you ended up at a firm for a little while, right? Yep. Worked in a law firm that was mostly on the transactional side. I think when I was in law school, I was like, all right, let's figure out what, what fits and what doesn't fit. Right. Didn't necessarily want to do like big law or like a partner track right, right away. I kind of sure. wanted to settle in in a smaller firm. So ended up at a small firm doing a lot of commercial real estate, you know, mm -hmm. business uh, development, like that type of work, yep. which I absolutely loved. And I felt like because I was at such a small firm, I got amazing like attention and one-on-one -on -one time with the partners. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like a small family firm and, and really got poured into, which I'm very grateful for yeah. uh, to have had that experience. That's awesome. And then, and then you landed here with us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so talk a little bit about that. What made you, uh, what made you, you look, or was it one of our recruiters that like reached out to you and snagged you away? No, it was actually <laughs> LinkedIn. I okay. was just like perusing to yeah. see what options were available and, um, found, you know, the technical solutions attorney position, which I obviously never heard of that position. I don't know if it exists at any other company. <laughs> so, you know, I, I looked into it and, and read the description and thought like, oh, this sounds like something I'd be so interested in because it's yeah. a lot of communications involved in like having a legal background. Right. Um, so I applied on LinkedIn, which I never thought would avail to <laughs> anything, um, but ended up hearing back from the recruiter or like from yeah. that department and the yeah. company. And um, it was a, it was a great fit. That's awesome. So t uh, talk a little bit about, um, about your day in and day out here and, you know, it's it's always interesting to talk to attorneys who have gone sort of down a uh, an alternative legal career path yeah. and then the firm or even in-house practice. Yeah. So I'd love to hear how you're finding, um, you know, how you're finding that transition from the firm to the TSA role and how you're finding the role and what your legal education is kind of bringing, yeah. uh, bringing to uh, your success here. Yeah. So the day to day life of a TSA involves um, First and foremost, like full knowledge of the Link Squares product, which is contract lifecycle management tool for in-house teams. So like right. the first really month of my time at Link Squares was spent like watching product demonstrations, like playing around in the tool and like really getting to know it. Um, the day in, day out of a TSA is lots and lots of product demonstrations and getting to work with account executives as we present the product to prospective customers, mm -hmm. um, which I really enjoy. I feel like it's given me like a front row seat into a lot of different types of in-house teams and types of companies and the needs yeah. that they have. Um, so it's a lot of learning for me in, in, in terms of, you know, what people are, are facing as they run big companies and, and small companies too. So. Absolutely. And when, so when you get onto one of these demos first, um, do you already have the background on the company? Like, do, how, how are you working to prepare for those demos? And is it sort of like a one size fits all? Or are you really like diving in and getting to know uh, a lot about the conversations the AEs have had with with the prospective customer? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, good question. So there is a standard demo that I, I could probably do in my sleep now, just yeah. like exactly how to explain the product a high level, um, but there is uh, lots of prep involved, I would say, typically between the account executives and the TSAs. Okay. We try to meet before the call and kind of discuss the 
use case of the company, like their size, what they're looking for, if they want, you know, a contract drafting tool as well as contract management. So we right. kind of get to plan the demo in terms of what we anticipate their needs are and, and any use cases. So there is prep like involved in that regard, but um, sometimes it's about asking the right questions on the call to the okay. prospect that kind of key into different pain points that right. they might be facing yeah. uh, and then can address those you know, using the tool a few different ways. What are some of the most common pain points that you found uh, sort of universally around the, the prospective customers that you've dealt with? Yeah, I think in terms of like contract management, just the lack of visibility into contracts that are even in existence mm -hmm. is a huge pain point for companies that don't have any sort of CLM, like, in, which is really popular, or sorry, really common. Right. Um, there's <laughs> contracts in like people's personal computers and stored in all kinds of different folders. So when it comes time to like, I don't know, grow the company, it's really difficult to even access all of those agreements. Mm -hmm. So I think just having a centralized repository and showing that in the first 30 seconds of the demo often, you know, really wins people over because it is such a burden to like have to keep up with people and, and make sure that contracts are getting forwarded to the right place. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, it's funny. I tell people all the time that our product is really, really simple. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not necessarily easy, but it's really, really simple. And and. What I mean by that is when when you first come into a company as you know, as whether it's a first in-house counsel or you're replacing, you know, somebody mm -hmm. or joining a team, you're gonna look at the contracts. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to chase down contracts, like, like my first job, people literally had like folders on their on their laptops that like their laptop could have died in that contract which vaporized right, right. yeah totally <laughs> and uh but but it's incredible how valuable it is to just have all the contracts in one place but it sounds like it sounds like such a simple thing but anybody who's spent any time in an organization right. that doesn't have clm yeah is like yeah our contracts are everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah Totally. So. And then for, for customers that like already have a CLM in place, but it doesn't utilize AI or it doesn't have like RAI, I think they're really wowed when we get to like jump into a contract and there's like over well over a hundred different values that pull really accurately. Like one of my favorite things to do actually like in the sales cycle is to run a proof of concept oh, where yeah. they like the prospect will send over like a group of their contracts, we load them into a, a demo account mm -hmm. and then kind of get to walk them through like how their contracts actually work in the tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's sometimes where the, the light bulb goes off is that it's like, wow, this is not only centralizing my contracts and organizing them really well, but it's pulling so much information out of them that, you know, can be utilized within the tool. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible to see too, like when, um, when we when we talk about our smart values and like um, going through going through and, and improving them and like looking at how many inquiries hit across our user base, like yeah. like it's incredible the amount of traffic 
that that our platform actually actually gets like yeah. for you know for, for these smart values and and it's stuff that like I, I mean I was so I was a customer before before coming here I was right. I was at DraftKings and um, and it like I recognized the value of it there we had it there and we used it for financings right yeah. uh, for our venture financings just build disclosure schedules and things like that mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of it was, you know, was done in partnership with some of the folks that were on my team um, there. But, uh, you know, day in and day out, the folks that were working with contracts were actually like using, like getting these insights every single day. And it's right. something that, that like I thought was maybe a little bit unique to the DraftKings business, but obviously coming here, like recognizing, okay, that's, it's really an active, active user base, which yeah. is pretty cool. So yeah, it's no, fun. That's great. Um, but more, I mean, obviously more companies need, you know, need to get on the technology bandwagon here a little bit. Um, you know, from your perspective, you talked about not many people having, uh, not many these customers already having a solution. Do you know whether they're, uh, they're using any other types of legal tech or, it, I feel like the spread of like people that can benefit from Link Squares, like therefore people that we prospect to, is so huge. Like yeah. there are sometimes companies that we reach out to that have no legal team at all, and they're okay. just kind of doing their best with managing contracts, and they yeah. don't really have a ton of different tools. We also demo to like enterprise level companies that have lots of different software in place, mm-hmm. lots of different decision makers, sometimes like around the world. So when we schedule our calls. It's like coordinating the best time with teams like right. in Asia, in Australia, in Germany. Like when can we all talk about link squares? So, right. yeah, I would say it depends. Um, okay. Sometimes there's nothing and sometimes there's already a lot in place or yeah. they're, uh, you know, offboarding another tool. Okay. So, you know, the conversation does change like depending on that use case. Yeah. What, what have you, uh, that's interesting. What have you seen is, the number one reason why people will churn from um, from another provider? I would say it's because they're not getting the benefit out of it that they anticipated. Like they're not, I think, really satisfied with the amount of um, time that the tool is saving them. Like I think that goes more towards like the power of what like the AI, if that system has AI, what it's able to extract right. and like what processes uh, for the team that the tool can you know make more efficient right. um, if it's not doing that after a year uh, another thing actually that, that just came to mind is that uh, oftentimes like with competitors they have purchased a tool maybe six or nine or even like a year prior to talking with us mm-hmm. and they haven't finished their onboarding process with that that's tool. wild yeah which I can't imagine especially when you're you know, paying a, a premium to have a, a service yeah. and it, you know, still isn't working for you right. six months in. So, well, I mean, also, could you imagine like being an attorney working in that environment where like you don't it, like it takes you over a year or over six months to get something done? That's not like, yeah, that's not like a case. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Something with a huge payout. Yeah, right. no, that, um, that would be terrible. Yeah, that's wild. Um, with the TSA team, what do you think is like 
the next iteration or development in sort of like how that team is going to progress? Yeah, I love that question. Um, so a little like background, the team had three members on it when I was hired in January. And today yeah. we're about to hire our 11th TSA. So there's been a lot of growth in the like seven or eight months. <laughs> I love how here. your team has more attorneys than mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's actually crazy. Yeah, wow. it is, but. Yeah. Uh, so the team's been growing and it's been really enjoyable to like welcome new members onto the team and you know hear about everyone else's backgrounds, how they found the TSA role and then kind of create a more formalized training process for TSAs along with like standardizing the demo a little bit more. Um, three guys that were on the team prior to me joining are all still here and they're all awesome and yeah. I think had their own kind of uh, you know way of, of creating the demo flow which is really similar to how we all demo today and they set a really good like baseline for us to grow as a team mm -hmm. um, but as we've hired more and more people onto the team it's like all right this can't be tribal knowledge we need to have a, a better uh, process in place right. and, and more resources for us to reference so as we're growing the team I think a lot of like our efforts have been towards standardizing the the demo process uh, defining the TSA role even more in the sales cycle what is our you know responsibility to address versus you know the this more sales side the the managers or the AEs on the call right. um, so kind of putting that in paper is something that I've like really enjoyed and um, also the link squares product has developed so much yeah. since I've been here like since January we've mm -hmm. released so many new features that now have to make their way into the demo. Yeah. Um, so it's actually becoming more and more difficult to fit all of the, the functionality of the tool into an hour presentation um, right. and, and sometimes less than an hour. So, yeah. So how, how does your team um, sort of cope with cope with selecting which ones? I mean, obviously, you know, a little bit about what's important to the customer before you jump on, like right. you're saying, you work with the AEs to figure that out. Yeah. But um, if, if you, if you're picking and choosing features, how do you sort of go about that? Yeah, a lot of that draws from what we've, like feedback from the AE about previous calls that they've had with the prospect. Like if somebody is very concerned about, you know, an audit upcoming, like yeah. we're gonna really focus our time into analyze how we organize the contracts and extract data, then they can use that data you know, to run different types of reports. So like right. understanding the use case is kind of essential to run a tailored demo like that. Mm -hmm. So the diligence that we do prior to the call uh, really is reflected in, in, in that selection of what to show and how um, to emphasize the different features. Right. So I don't know, sometimes it's, it's hit or miss. Like I'll, I'll think that somebody really wants to see you know, the repository and right. in the back of their mind is like, well, what are we going to do when we receive a contract from a third party and have to redline it? So right. Right. sometimes you got to switch gears. So do you, do you have a regular feedback loop with the product team here where, I mean, obviously you're interacting with so many customers and you, you have the legal background to understand, like right. if they're asking, you know, they're asking, Hey, does your product do this, that, or the next thing? Like you understand probably what's going on in, the, in their department, what the real root of the problem is they're trying to solve. 
are you working with the product team with some frequency? Yeah, I think that's like the coolest part about the TSA role is that we know the product, get to work with sales and show it off to these legal teams. But then uh, on a regular basis, we get to meet with product and kind of share that feedback. That's another part of the like TSA process. It's being refined and standardized. Like we've hired Katie, like the voice of the customer and, yeah. and her function is kind of to help the TSA feedback and, and sales feedback from calls make its way to product so that we can develop um, with, you know, even more intentionality as we build out the tool. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm jealous of that aspect that like, I obviously uh, Jonathan and Brittany and I uh, work closely with product, but yeah. like you actually are, are able to have some excitement in your role where you're talking to customers yeah. and doing it. Like I, t- I tell people in the onboarding session all the time that like the actual substantive legal work at link squares is like cry in your cereal boring because yeah. right? <laughs> like like it just is and so the only way i could get like convince people to actually come and work here <laughs> is been like you get to talk to the product team. right yes all yeah right. <laughs> oh yeah it's so impressive like even at our like the the all hands from i think the month of july like hearing about how we're building out like team of engineers at the company is just insane because I mean that's not the way my brain works like I have a brother who's getting his PhD right now in biomedical engineering and he'll try and talk to me about like I don't know coding and and, and random you know engineering things right and um, you know I try to absorb what I can but I think we just have some real geniuses that are (laughs) developing the product which is awesome yeah those I mean those folks every time I, I I'm able to have conversations with our engineers i'm just i'm blown away by by the way that their minds work they're really impressive people agreed um so obviously being a lawyer and working with salespeople, one one of the important things obviously is developing that relationship can you talk a little bit about you know when you first came in how you went about um how you went about building that relationship with with the AEs. Sure. Yeah. Um, so when I first joined, I was really intimidated just by being on a sales floor. Like, uh, yeah. salespeople are awesome, and they're all so confident on the phone. So I was like, oh my gosh, these these people really know what they're talking about. They're really established in this company. So I had a bit of intimidation just because every other time I've started a job, it's been a much more low key environment, like in a law office or something like that. So um, I was intimidated, but I think given the the way that our two teams were designed to like collaborate and and work towards one goal, just like, you know, convincing another customer to purchase Link Squares, like that's really unifying. And um, I think especially when I really ramped up and demos that I had done had started to result in like close one deals. I think that was super exciting, especially like at the end of June for Q2, like, I don't know, lots of like high fives, lots of celebration as a, as a team. So I think, uh, just like working together and then really working to help the account executives like in their goals is, is really bonding. Yeah. Um, So, I've had a blast actually, like getting to work with the sales team. They're so fun and um, it's a much more entertaining environment, I will say, than 
in your own office at a, at a firm. Um, so I'm enjoying that high energy uh, environment for, for the time being. Oh, absolutely. And especially, I mean, especially at a tech company, Oh, yeah. That's a growing tech company, a startup feel. Yeah. And uh, I mean, having that energy every single day is uh, is is awesome. I, I love walking around the sales floor and oh, yeah. seeing it's a everybody. Party over there. Was, yeah, see, they got the music going and yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> but I, that's a tough job. I don't know. I, I don't know how those folks do it. Uh, I mean, for every, you know, for every call where someone actually is polite to them, right. I'm sure they get like a hundred of like people just saying like, will you please die? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, something that was like just hilarious in the, the past month, I think they, the sales team does like a calling bonanza every okay. so often where they just cold call like nonstop for like five hours. Okay. Um, so you know, they we're not doing demos during that time. So all the TSAs are free. And a few yeah. of us were hopping on the phones and like trying out cold calling just, yeah. just for fun. And yeah. um, cold calling for fun. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I was, I was kind of off to the side, but a few yeah. of my team members were like, just killing it on the phones and mostly getting hung up on. But uh, <laughs> someone had called uh, actually one of my buddies from law school. Okay. And led with the line, like, do you know Sam Nickerson? And they were yeah. like, yes, I do. So they passed me the phone. I got to catch up with a, a buddy who just went oh in house and awesome. then booked a demo with him. So <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fun. And I was like, oh, this can't be that hard. I just had one call and, and booked a demo. But um, yeah, no, that was a, a fun time there. That's Very a, high energy over there. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so I think we may have a couple of questions. Alyssa. Got any any audience feedback here? We do. Um, what is a piece of advice for somebody considering a different career path with their legal background, but isn't sure where to start? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, I think first, like when you're making a career decision, you can probably speak to this even more than I can, Tim. But when you're making a career decision, I think you have to remember that like life is long, life is short, but it's also long and, and you can make different career decisions. And if it's not the right move, you can easily pivot. That was kind of how I approached law school and, and how right. I approached even like <laughs> taking the TSA job. Yeah. Thought it sounded like a really fun opportunity, but like thankfully the, the job market for attorneys and, and just jobs in general has been pretty good right now. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, if, I, if this doesn't work out, I can always pivot. And, and go back to, you know, all of the other opportunities that are out there. So I think like acknowledging that decisions like these have weight, but they're not permanent. Yeah. Um, is great when you're making a career switch like this. And then uh, in terms of like the TSA role in particular, I feel like it's been so helpful for me even to learn about like other in-house teams, the challenges that they're facing. Like, I feel like I've gotten like a hundred internships at yeah. you know different companies with their legal teams mm -hmm. because I just get such a cool snapshot of like their day-to-day -day lives. So yeah. even though I'm not a, like technically practicing law, I do still feel like I'm like sharpening my skills and my awareness of like legal problems that get solved by attorneys. So that's, that's, that's a great point. I think, like especially in house, like there are relatively few things that that you're doing in house that would qualify as like practicing law. Right. From like, but but 
you're regularly solving legal problems. And I think that's like, that's a meaningful distinction to make. And, and from a, from the perspective of somebody who, you know, who's taken a little bit of a less traditional path to get in house. Um, like that's, that's the way that I think the executive, the executives at large that are not legal professionals view what the legal team should be doing. Yeah. Right. They're like, all right, we have problems that are business problems that have some sort of a legal implication let's just make the lawyers deal with it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, more often than not, what you're dealing with are, are, are truly business problems. Right. So it's, um, that's a great perspective and, and, and you're right. Like you've, you've absolutely seen, uh, probably in one week you see more law departments than I'll work in, in my career. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is an amazing perspective, especially just being a, a few years out of school. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not saying we don't want to lose you here, but <laughs> like, and, and please don't leave. Steve, <laughs> I'm, I'm Steve here. Will, Steve will fight me <laughs> if you leave. Um, but you know, when it, when it does come time for you to, you know, go and pursue something different, I, I mean, having that perspective and being able to go in house with that perspective is, is going to be invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. Alyssa, what else do we got? What is your favorite Link Squares feature to demo? If you have one. Favorite feature to demo? Great question. Um, I think my favorite thing to demo is, hmm, okay, I'm gonna say two things. First thing, I love running a report and analyze and specifically like in a proof of concept account with their contracts. I love like tailoring it as much as possible to what they want to see and then showing them what would take potentially like hours of their day or like months worth of, you know, a project that they're handling like on the side on top of all their other work that I can press like three buttons and yeah. it's extracted in a couple seconds. I love showing that and then just pausing or like pushing stuff and uh, that data into a spreadsheet right? and having everyone's eyes just go wide and, and think about how long that could have taken if they had to do it manually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like think, showing that. Thinking about how long it did take them when they did exactly. it manually. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not very fond of Excel spreadsheets and the thought of copying and pasting text in there. Just no thanks. Um, Exactly. And I mean, being able to, uh, from that, being able to, um, like build disclosure schedules and yeah. just like it's instant. Yeah. It's awesome. Totally. Yeah. And what's the other one? I also really like building out templates. I think okay. that's just like, I don't know. I think it's really fun <laughs> when yeah. someone sends over their contract, we can like tokenize different fields and then it's really cool. Just load it into the system and then they have a workflow that's like really flexible and, and I like showing how simple it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anything else, Alyssa? Um, got one more. What's right. it like working at a legal tech company with a legal background, but not on the legal team? Ooh, good question. Um, I think being an attorney on a sales team um, is there's a lot of flattery going on, a lot of 
account executives being like, oh, the attorney in the room and lots of being pumped up on calls, which is which is kind of fun. Um, I feel still like, you know, we get to meet with the legal team and we have, you know, I think bi-weekly or bi-monthly, however you want to say that, syncs where we get to talk about like your experience with the product, what you guys are working on. And, right. and then, you know, you get to hear the same feedback from us. So I appreciate that connection point a lot. Um, just as, you know, it's almost like another user of Link Squares that we get to chat with. So so that's cool. But yeah, it, it is a unique experience being an attorney without being on the legal team. In some ways, it's like very freeing because <laughs> you don't have the, the same, uh, you know, workload that, that you guys have over on, on your side in terms of redlining and then actually making the business decisions. But yeah, I think, well the grass is always a little bit greener on, on the other side. I yeah. think, uh, you know, there are definitely days where, where I would rather be sitting in your chair than in mine. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, uh, it's an incredible role and just such a, such a hugely important part of the company. Yeah. And, um, you know, what, what you bring to, to the sales process is just unmatched, yeah. you know, and, and, Obviously, it's it, like I said. I I would pick any of you for uh, for the legal team if I could. But like <laughs> I said, Steve would never allow it. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you so much for sitting down, and taking a little bit of time out of your day. It's awesome to uh, awesome to get your perspective and um, yeah, see you on the sales floor. Awesome, thank you, Tim.